next lesson is Christmas reveals God in Jesus Christ and comes from Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he what is it? appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the Radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited, inherited is more excellent than theirs. At many times and in many ways, God has spoken. That's really the theme this morning. That Christmas reveals God in Jesus Christ. Um, If my iPad will not stop blocking on me. So this is Hebrews 1. We're going to spend just a few moments in this passage this morning. We're not going to have a 52-minute sermon. Um, We're going to go 45 minutes. No. (laughs) Uh, no, we're we're uh, we're going to spend about ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. Don't hold me to it, but that's what I'm that's what I'm shooting for. Ten fifteen minutes, um, reflecting on this passage in Hebrews chapter one, and we're not going to be able to dig into all of it. Um, but as we conclude our service this morning, I want to spend just a few moments reflecting on this astounding truth, um, the the astounding truth that God has spoken. But, but not just that he has spoken, but the specific way that he has now spoken to us. That he has spoken to us by his Son. And so we're going to look at this, how this passage reveals this in three ways. One way is that, that the revelation of God is historical. And it's not some philosophical or theological abstract. Uh, like like so many faiths, uh, but an event, something that happened. It's historical. God entered into history. It's also personal. God becomes man that we would know him. He's not separate than, other than. He doesn't come down with a staff to to say, bow before me, although he will do that. But he comes that we would know him. And and it's also complete. It is 
Christ is the perfect and definitive and final image of God. And so we're going to look at these three facets in quick succession here. So first, historical. Look at verse 1 again. The word says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And we've seen this throughout the service this morning. God spoke through the prophets. God revealed some aspect of who he was. More pointedly, as we've seen this morning, he has pointed toward Christ. He has revealed his character, his purposes, progressively through the history of Israel looking toward the person of Christ. And as we look backward on this, we can see this progressive unveiling has all pointed to this moment, this morning, the unveiling of God himself in human flesh. We see it most clearly in in prophecies like we've read today. Um, But all of the Old Testament is about Christ, whether directly prophesying or serving to prepare God's people for Christ or simply reflecting a particular aspect of the gospel of Christ. We're all familiar with Luke chapter 24, verse 27, where it's talking about Christ after he has risen from the grave and he's, he's walking with the disciples. And, he, and it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, God has spoken in history. And oftentimes we forget the importance of this reality, that God is not separate from history. Think about what that means. He he has not, as some believe, whether explicitly, like some some state this as doctrine or as truth, some, some just act like it implicitly. He has not simply wound up the world and stepped back and let it run. He has been involved in history. He has spoken. He has stepped in he has acted the incarnation means that god reaches into our world and decisively acts and one of the more central ways that god has acted has been to make himself known and this counters another one of our modern philosophical hang-ups the idea that even if god were real how, how do we how do we think about it Even if God were real, there's no way that we could really know him. I mean, how could we be sure? How could we figure it out? Our God is not just knowable, but Christianity declares that God has made himself known. He has spoken. And on Christmas morning, God has not just spoken, but how has he spoken? What is it that we're reading there? Not... Not only has God spoken long ago at many times and in many ways, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. And what this means for us is that God's revelation is not only historical. He not only acts in history, but His revelation is personal. So it says long ago at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets And then in verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So 
if we take a moment to step back and consider what it means that God has done this in this way. Think about the different means of communication that we have. Consider the ways that we convey information and what that indicates about the message or about the the relationship to the messenger. You ever thought about that? Um, So let's think about a few relationships that we have. Relationships with our coworkers. Um, uh, Thursday, we we came to practice Thursday evening and Ray was talking about just the, the incredible amount of emails that he gets from work, right? When we want to communicate with our coworkers, we do things like shoot off an email. Why do we do that? Because we don't really want to have to engage in a conversation with somebody, right? We want to send off the message and be done with it. Um, or we have meetings. When I'm at work, we have these meetings that are literally called stand-ups. And if you're familiar with what a stand-up is, the idea is that this meeting is going to be short and to the point, so short and so to the point, that we're literally going to stand the whole time because we don't want it to go any longer than we can stand to stand. That's how we communicate with each other as co-workers. Um, let's think about how we communicate with authorities. Authorities send us mass mailers, right? Oftentimes, those mailers have a demand for some, some form of payment that we owe them for some service that they provide for us, right? It's not generally the case that authorities give us a phone call sit down for coffee with us, have conversation. They send us mail. And and how do we respond? Oftentimes, we very promptly put the check in the mail or maybe we log on and we acquiesce to their demands. Right? This is the extent of communication with authorities. Family members kind of depends. We won't go too far into that um, this morning. What's my point? Maybe you're saying, what, what are you trying to say here, Zach? Um, let me ask you this question. What does it say about the relationship when the person who's seeking to communicate with you packs up their bags, loads up the U-Haul, and moves in? What does it say about the communication when that person wants to sit with you at the table, wants to break bread with you, wants to come into your bedroom when you're sick and provide for you? What does it say about the relationship, the, the, the communication, the, the person when they enter into our suffering for us? There's no other authority like this. There's no other co-worker like this. It's not even a family member like this. And yet on Christmas morning, what are we declaring? We're declaring that God moved in. That He spoke to us through His Son. And so He broke bread with us, cared for us, took on our suffering got dirty in an animal trough so that we would know Him. And this is just a piece of the glory of the Incarnation, the glory of God revealing Himself to us. And so we marvel at this this morning. Um, 
Let's be careful too, though, not to get too confused by it. Sometimes we think on the humility of Christ. We get wrapped up in the babe in a manger and we wind up thinking of him only as this little lowly baby. But all of this dirt and all of this muck and all of this suffering that he stepped into didn't make Jesus less. Rather, he redeemed us in it and out of it, right? And so all of the religions of the world, they look at this doctrine that we're teaching this morning, Christmas morning, the doctrine of the incarnation, and they just kind of laugh at this idea. What kind of God gets dirty? What kind of God bleeds? But our God is not a weak God. Our Christ is not a weak Christ. Look at the way he's described in the rest of this passage this morning. Beginning in verse 2, it says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. There's too much to unpack here this morning. So I'm just going to wrap it up um, asking this question. If If Christmas, if the incarnation reveals God in Jesus Christ, what does it reveal? Who does it reveal? Who is this babe in a manger? Who is it that is moved in and invites us to one day dwell with him into eternity? I want you to take just one or two of these things that that we see in this passage this morning, and I want you to choose to reflect on them the rest of the day today, Christmas Day. So I'm just going to summarize them real quick. Who is Jesus? Pick a couple of these things. Jesus is heir of all things. He is creator of the world, the source of all of it. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. He has made purification for sins. And he has sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the sovereign. And so this is Christ the King. Reigning, upholding, revealing. Friends, God has come to earth and he has invited us to know him. Emmanuel has come. And church, he's coming again. He's coming again. He moved in so that we could know him. If you don't know him, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Um, I'd love to sit down and have a cup of coffee and introduce you. There are many others in this room who would do the same, love to do the same. I'd love to put you in touch with our pastor, Tim. He'd be thrilled to sit down with you. But take take a few of these ideas out of Hebrews chapter 1 
verses 3 and 4 and reflect on those with your family, with your loved ones this morning. Let's pray. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are not like other gods. We thank you that you are not like the modern philosophical ideas that are so prevalent in our world. We thank you that you are not some God who has wound up the clock and let it tick. We thank you that you are not like our authorities who simply make demands and never communicate truly. But God, you have moved in. You have made yourself known. And now, you have prepared a place for us to be with you into eternity. So help us this Christmas morning to marvel at the incarnation that God has spoken, that you have spoken through your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.